We fall, we break, we fail. But then we rise, we heal, we overcome. I choose to live by choice, not by chance. To be motivated, not manipulated. To be useful, not used. To make changes, not excuses. To excel, not compete. I choose self-esteem, not self-pity. I choose to listen to my inner voice, not the random opinions of others. I choose to do the things others will not, so I can continue to do the things others cannot. Fate whispers to the warrior, you cannot withstand the storm. The warrior replied, I am the storm. This is Doc's Daily Dose, and you are a warrior. Welcome to Doc's Daily Dose. I'm your host, Coach Doc. So in the coaching I do for Supernatural, this past year we had a young lady by the name of Chesney who had been putting in tons of work and working out every single day, just a a full lifestyle change. And one day she decided to make a post that it was her dream to be a Supernatural coach. Well, when you ask and you put in the work, you shall receive. Did you catch that middle part, putting in the work? And Supernatural brought her over to be a guest coach and... Ran her through everything we do to make a workout, and she made a brilliant, beautiful piece of art with her words, her voice, her genuine sincerity as a coach. And people got to see that adventure, and if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube, on the Supernatural channel, I believe. It's worth the 10, 15 minutes. It's a great piece. And in that visit, I got to spend a little bit of time with Chesney, and I've gotten to know her more since that time, but I wanted to hear more about her journey in depth what it's been like, where she's come from, and how she's made it to where she's at now, which for me is just absolutely remarkable. Today, as I record this, marks her 485th day in a row of working out. Do you know how hard that is to do anything deliberately just for a year straight, let alone continue beyond that year? The amount of discipline and effort it takes is unreal. And anybody who can pull something like that off, I got to talk to. So let's bring her in. A lot of you already know this wonderful human being that is here with me and know her story. Chesney, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to hear more about you and uh, how you got to where you are, because I think it's important for other folks to hear your story because they may need it. Absolutely. Those who are listening... If you didn't know or haven't heard about Chesney's story through Supernatural, you must be living under a rock. I don't know what to tell you. Go YouTube that. (laughs) But a huge part of your journey was about a struggle with weight loss. And I want to know what, how that affected your identity as a human being. Well, honestly, I kind of felt like I had no identity because, you know, growing up, I've always been overweight and growing up, um, I was always teased, you know, they, the kids on the playground, kids can be cruel. The kids, you know, yes. on the playground would, would say, you know, free Willie or there she blows in reference to a whale. And it hurts. So I really didn't feel like, I felt like my identity was the fat kid, if that makes any sense. And I, yes. I'm not trying to say the word fat isn't derogatory because now I embrace the word, but back then, 
it kind of hurt. So I didn't feel like I had an identity. Having that hurt and, and, and dealing with that as a young kid, did you have anyone to turn to in those moments, or were you just taking this all on your own shoulders? I took a lot of it, but, you know, I, I would come home and tell my parents, and, uh, of course, my <laughs> my mom was one of those individuals who had a special suit, and she had her own chair in the principal's office, uh, not because I was always in trouble, but because, you know, I always got picked on, and... My mom, my dad knew my struggles growing up. My my friends in school knew my struggles. Were your friends able to help you through that, or did no matter what they said, this was something that you knew was going to be something you had to take on yourself? A little bit of both. I mean, my friends, the best friends you could ever had, you know. I mean, at that age, they, they would say, shut up, leave her alone, you know, and that kind of made me feel good. But, you know, growing up, I knew that this was something that I was going to have to deal with most of my life, even as even as an adult. Now, as your journey continued and unfolded when you became an adult, what was the turning point where you said to yourself, you know what, I'm going to change my level of fitness. I'm going to go in a different direction. And was it in response to the way you were treated, or was this something internally that you said you had to do for yourself? There have been times throughout my adult life where – I would want to jump on the wagon and lose weight and get fit and and get into fitness. But, you know, I didn't feel, you know, at home in the gym. I I didn't like how I felt there. I didn't like people staring at me. And then I would start something, and then I would quit. I would give up very easily. Uh, But this was not in response to how people treated me. This was in response to the fact that I was getting older and I had high cholesterol. And I just want to die early. Was that a doctor's prescription to you, or was that something you just kind of said to yourself, like, there's too much life left for me to live? It was me. I'm married to my second husband, and I love him with my entire heart. I mean, he is hes the most amazing person in the world to me, and I want to be able to be there for him as long as possible. So, you know, when my doctor told me, you know, Chesney, you have high cholesterol, and it's pretty dangerously high. Uh, we need to put you on cholesterol medicine. You know, I started with cholesterol medicine, but I didn't like how I felt, and I, I didn't want to have to take the medication. So I said, you know what, I am going to exercise, and I'm going to fix the diet that I'm currently feeding my body, and I'm going to get to the point to where I don't need medication. That's actually like a lot of people will say like, I want to change the way I eat. I want to work out. I want to become fit. And even for folks who have, you know, been fit for their entire life or been an athlete in sports, like it's not an easy thing. Like Mm -mm. it's, it's just not an easy thing. So, and and I still face obstacles myself in terms of like just the motivation and wanting to do things. Mm -hmm. What's the most difficult obstacle you face in your journey that seems to keep rearing its ugly head that you have to kind of keep reminding yourself to move forward? I have a food addiction. Um, okay. Sugar is, and I don't want to say sugar is bad because sugar in right amounts, I'm told, is, is fine. But, you know, there are certain, I have a very addictive personality. Like, you get me to play video games, I'm addicted to them. I mean, hence Supernatural. I, I play Supernatural <laughs> every day. <laughs> But, you know, if if I were to eat chocolate, um, if I'm not careful, I, I I start to get in a rut where all I want is that sugar. So I have had to, you know, sometimes I send my husband downstairs to get it and it's properly portioned out. I have him hide it. It's just it's something along my journey that I'm working to overcome, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. 
I, I know so many people have been ashamed to admit they have a food addiction. I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I'm working on it, and it's actually getting somewhere. I think of it as a lifestyle change, right? Like mm-hmm. things are things are different. So were you surprised at the level of information and knowledge that, that you had to consume or learn to understand what healthy living was for you? Yes. It, it Honestly, it felt overwhelming because, you know, you hear so many people say, eat this, don't eat this. And diet culture can become toxic. You know, if you get someone saying all you have to do is eat salads or put down the fork or, you know, eat chicken, don't eat any red meat, that can lead to eating disorders. And so I I try to do my best to kind of balance everything, if that makes sense. You know, I'll have a salad and I'll have chicken. Maybe one night I'll have steak one night with potatoes, and it's okay. Now, I want you to school me on something here because – uh, diet culture being toxic is actually a new thing that I have heard about just recently mm-hmm. this year. And I just did, I didn't, I mean, I can put two and two together to understand mm-hmm. why it can be toxic, but what ways in which it was, could it be toxic for you? When somebody sits there and says, you cannot eat red meat, you cannot enjoy chocolate, you cannot enjoy a steak, What that does is when you deprive yourself so long of something that you enjoy from time to time, you could end up binging on it, and then you can Uh. spiral from there. So I try, while I'm actively, you know, watching what I do put in my body, I try to make sure if I do want a piece of chocolate and everything is, like, portioned out properly, I can have that and I can be done. So what about the days where maybe your husband's not around and you, you you know that you're going to continue this journey, but you, you want to take that spiral day or that day to kind of indulge? Do you allow yourself to do that? or? I do. In fact, it happened yesterday. We got Chinese. Uh, we got takeout. And I know how the Chinese food affects my body. I do get inflammation a little bit, and it's full of salt. So, you know, I wake up in the morning, my eyes are puffy, my wedding ring is stuck on my finger. (laughs) But, you know, I don't beat myself up over it anymore. I drink my water, try to flush it out of my system as best as possible, and go on about the day. You can't dwell on something like that. Well, that's an interesting comment because I wonder how much of it is psychological and and mental wellness versus the actual physical aspect of it. Do you find yourself putting more stock into the psychological part and emotional part than the actual physical one, or do they have to kind of be balanced? Where do you find that balance, or how do you find that balance? To me, it does have to be balanced. I, I have to keep track of what I'm doing, but the psychological part is important. The way that I think about it is there's no good food, there's no bad food. You just have food that's nutritious, food that's less nutritious, food that's more nutritious. I can't think about it as good and bad. Talk to me a little bit about ways in which you found to help get you through those spaces. I mean, one of the things you mentioned in prepping for this were support groups for lifestyle changes. What kind of groups are you involved in? I've done Weight Watchers for a couple of years, and, you know, I, I did go off and I explored another program. But I did end up coming back to Weight Watchers because they just changed their program. Weight Watchers does this thing where they change their program every couple of years because they're working on the algorithm, trying to help the individual eat better and make better choices. But it's just easy for me to, you know, track with that. But there are Facebook groups for Weight Watchers. Uh, You can go to meetings. 
but I haven't done meetings because of COVID and everything. But I, I do kind of wander around a lot on the Facebook uh, Weight Watcher groups, and okay. I see, I see, you know, people put their recipes out there. I see people who say, uh, here's my before and here's my after picture. This is how long it's taken me to do this. And those kind of things are very encouraging. I'm curious, and this is just because it's piqued my curiosity, because you mentioned mm-hmm. a, food, a food addiction. And I know that mm-hmm. some people may say, well, that's not the same thing as someone who is dealing with an alcohol or a drug addiction. But the, the solutions in terms of group and support, they all sound very similar. Do you mm-hmm. put it in the same category or do you separate that as kind of a, a more severe end of the spectrum? That's a really hard question to answer. You know, I feel that it's all on the same addiction spectrum. Like, any addiction can be bad for you. I do feel that drugs and alcohol can be a bit more severe. But if you think about it, if you are addicted to food and you're constantly eating the things that that are not doing good things for your body, it can kill you, just like drugs and alcohol yeah. can. It'll end up at the same result, right? Absolutely. You mentioned it in, in our prep here that, People accepting you for who you are and not judging you has kind of been a real benefit to your success and progress. And I like to call that finding your tribe or your tribe finding you. And I got two questions around this. How difficult was it to accept that love and non-judgmental support based off of your past experiences of people teasing? Was it difficult to accept the love? Yes and no. And the way the reason that I say that is because at first when you're looking for your tribe, and you may, I don't know, make a post on Facebook <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. in a group, and they all come back with all the love, and there's no, like, there's there's no nobody teasing you. There's no meanness in any of the messages. You kind of sit back and say, oh, my gosh, these these people are nice. And at first, I was a little bit leery about it, but once I realized that, people are genuine, it it was easier for me to accept. And I found that, you know, in finding your tribe or your tribe finding you, whichever way it works itself out, as you gain that support, Mm -hmm. oftentimes you tend to lose or leave some people behind in your life. Was that something that you had to navigate through for yourself, distancing yourself from the familiar? I'm going to say yes. And while I didn't 100% lose anybody, I've backed off because with the way that that my mind works now, I have to be very careful. If I'm around anybody who's negative, that pulls me down. And I I know that some people are uh, more susceptible to that than others, but I am the type of person, if I'm around negativity, it's really hard for me to be positive. And I kind of have to back up and get out of there. But when you're around people who are positive, it's nothing but pure love, to be honest. Yeah, it's a whole different feeling. And And I asked that question kind of, I guess, already knowing the answer for myself in that whether it's one of my closest friends or even my father, um, Mm -hmm. we spend a lot of time hanging out and there's always alcohol involved. And Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, can we hang out without that? Is that become so much a part of our history that that always has to happen? And it was, Mm -hmm. it was difficult for me to say like, either we have to set that to the side or we just can't hang out as much. Um, But the love, for each other never left. It was just gotta kinda love you from a distance at times. Absolutely. Well, you know, if you think about it, most everybody when you get together with somebody, it's always like at a restaurant or with food. So 
you've kind of conditioned yourself. When you get together with your friends, you're going to a restaurant. And when you're with more people, you have a tendency to eat more. I've noticed that. And uh, so I will go out with co- with somebody for coffee. Not very often do I go out with anybody for a meal. Ooh. So mm-hmm. I guess putting yourself in environments where it's, it's not necessarily restricting or prohibiting, but the probability for those things to occur is just a lot less is kind of one of the yes. strategies you've used. Absolutely. And to me, it sounds like you're taking your journey kind of one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And that can be difficult because a lot of people get wrapped up in the desired outcome. And that can make them worry that things aren't coming fast enough. So how do you stay present in the moment and not get looped into the future version of Chesney that, that you foresee? You know, like you said, I just keep going. I put one foot in front of the other. And that's that's how I have to look at it. Because if I'm starting to feel a certain way, like, oh, my goodness, is this ever going to end, all I got to do is pull out one of those pictures where I was almost 400 pounds. And then I pull out a picture that was taken a week ago. And I'm like, hot damn, this is what keeps me going. Is there a specific memory that you have in a moment of where you were on your journey in the beginning and maybe feeling like it wasn't going well or you just weren't sure if anything was happening and whether it was putting on a pair of clothes or someone making a comment where you're like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing what I've set out to do. You know, I I will be honest. Like, I don't like trying on clothes. (laughs) I mean, I do more now, but, you know, I I have clothes in the basement that I wore 20 years ago and... Um, I can't believe I just admitted that. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I did pull out a high school shirt that said "Class of 2000" on it, and if you think about it, it's 2021, and it and it fits now. But um, it's it's like the moment when when I would walk around, I didn't like to go out anywhere. I didn't like to walk. It was so hard for me to walk in 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 person, like with people. Because, you know, I I did home parties for a living for the longest time. And let me tell you, it is extremely difficult to lug all, you know, the inventory in the house and set everything up. And I'm breathing heavy and I start sweating and I just, I felt bad. So, you know, and, you know, when, when you don't see the weight coming off, you're thinking nothing is happening. But if you take measurements and you take photos, you will see that. But, you know, now I, I, I went out and did a 5K a week ago. And Ooh, congratulations. It was, thank you. I mean, you know, my dad drove up two hours away to, to walk this with me. We were very close to being last. But you know what? It takes me an hour and a half to walk a 5K, and it took me an hour and nine minutes last last week. And it that was the fastest I've gone, and I didn't even care that we were so close to being last. I finished it. I wasn't looking to finish first. I was looking to finish. Well, it was interesting. There's uh, someone that I talked to and work with who also did a marathon, and um, mm-hmm. they were saying something similar about their placement. And, I, and I, one of the things I was trying to explain to them was, like, the fact that you did a marathon. Like, I've never <laughs> done a marathon in my life, nor do I ever want to. Like, that just sounds mm-hmm. like such a daunting task to me. So kudos to you for even signing up for that. Because if you'd have been like, hey, you want to do this with me? I'd have been like, no, sorry, I'll cheer you on from the, the sidelines, not not for me. <laughs> well, next time I'll invite you to come along with me, and I'll wait for that answer. Um, I want to go back to some of the ways in which you 
the support around you is, is helping you through your journey. Uh, mm-hmm. you, we talked about the support group for lifestyle changes with diet. Um, gamifying exercise, uh, you know, I'm assuming because you mentioned Supernatural already. Are there other ways in which uh, gamified exercise has been helpful and why why so and why more gamified than just say the stereotypical exercise well i uh, i'm what you consider a professional gamer i stream video games on twitch i've always played video games even as a child you know when i got good grades in school my dad would buy me a video game or he bought me a game boy because i i passed math math is my worst subject uh, don't yeah. ask me what two plus two is um but i Everything has to be a game for me, for it to be fun. And so, you know, when I have had routines at the gym, it wasn't fun for me. And so when I got the virtual reality headset and I got in there and started playing rhythm games, I was I was hooked, absolutely hooked. And, of course, then I found Supernatural. And that was, that was it. That's, that's my main form of exercise. I do do some weight training now, but because I gamified the exercise and I learned how to fall in love with movement and fitness, it actually helps me enjoy other things. It helps me enjoy going for a walk. It helps me enjoy doing weight training. Well, see, and I think you made an interesting point. I was actually talking to someone the other day because they mentioned how, like, Doc, like you love fitness, and I, I'm just not a fitness person. And I was like, that's not particularly true. I would say that either no one ever presented a sport that you actually like to have to participate in, or you had a shitty gym teacher and not a cool one, right? Like same mm-hmm. way as I had a I had a shitty art teacher. I didn't have a cool one to try to help cultivate my skills because though gamified exercising is what you love in those rhythm games. I see that you are now hitting the weights. Mm-hmm. So I that am. has led you to typical style, stereotypical style of exercise. Am I right? Absolutely. It certainly has. And how do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, when you're sitting there with dumbbells pumping iron, how do you feel about that, Tesney? <laughs> I, I'm in... You know what? I don't know. I'm kind of embarrassed because, you know, I've I've loathed it for so long. And I'm telling you, I was cleaning the house one day, and I walked past my front door, and there was something sitting on my porch. And I went, what is out there? Nobody told me they were sending me anything, so they kind of sat out there on the porch for about two days or so. Luckily, no one stole them, but uh, there were two boxes on my porch with adjustable dumbbells in them, and I cried. Doc, I've never cried over weights before. I mean, certainly exercise has made me cry, but I've never cried over receiving a pair of dumbbells. Turns out it was my dad that sent them up, but um, I've never enjoyed weights. I've never enjoyed having a personal trainer, really. I've always kind of not looked forward to it. Always knew that I needed to do it, but I didn't look forward to it because I felt like I wasn't always doing my best. But now I look forward to personal training sessions. I look forward to using my Apple Fitness Plus on my watch because, you know, I just recently switched to Apple. I went to the doctor. Okay. But, you know, I I work out every day in the VR headset, and I do, you know, I have a rowing machine slash bike downstairs. I I have a, a line of dumbbells. I have a couple of hula hoops and an exercise ball. 
uh, which I have fallen off multiple times. I just love <laughs> it. I love it. Yeah, there's some there's something about moving things around and your body moving and um mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had the moment yet where you're doing something in the house and you're like, Oh, this thing's in the way and you just kinda nudge it and the thing goes moving way easier than it used to be and you're like, Oh, I'm, yep. I'm getting kinda strong here, right? <laughs> That would be when my husband and I purchased uh, a twin, or excuse me, a king size, a split king purple bed. We had to drag those mattresses upstairs. Let me tell you, those boys are heavy, really heavy. But I, when we were finished, I said, if it hadn't been for, you know, working out in the VR headset, I wouldn't have been able to do this. So with the physical part, and we already talked about the support groups as well, and the psychological mm-hmm. and emotional one of the things you mentioned to me that also helps is meditation. Were you someone who had tried that before? Was that something that was on your radar? Were you an avid meditator? Mm, I'm going to be honest with you here. Uh, no. In fact, I was the type of person who didn't even really want to try meditation because I felt oh. silly just sitting there. But I changed my mind. Was there any specific like moments you had that was like, oh, this is, this is nice? Like, I don't mind it. What was it about it that, that made you stick with it? I've used a couple of different apps for meditation. I've used Trip, and I've used Supernatural. And it has to depend on what type of mood I'm in. If I, if I need to listen to somebody to really speak to me or if I need a lot of more kind of quietness. But when I did the meditations within Supernatural and listened, most of the time I came out with tears because it really made me dig deep and really think about what was being said. But it really it really makes me dig down deep inside and listen to the words being said and realizing, oh, my gosh, everything that's being said to me right now, he's speaking directly to me, to me, nobody yeah. else me. Yep. And when I come out of those meditation sessions, I just feel amazing. Now, the gamified exercise led you to pump an iron, right? Uh, <laughs> has the has the guided meditation led you to try any other styles like just simply sitting in silence without the headset? I have not. We have animals and they're not quiet, so uh-huh. it's kind of hard for me to do that. But I do dream of eventually going out to a park or sitting in the backyard underneath a tree, just kind of, you know, relaxing um i haven't done it yet and it's kind of cold it's snow today so for the listeners if you've never seen chesney she has a very vibrant personality and it's also expressed outwardly with your hair and uh your style of clothing and my first part of my question that was was that was that always you as a kid as no. a high schooler teenager were were you more muted or was it like here i am this is me that was not me um i was i was I, w- I would say I was quiet, but I really wasn't. I'm not quiet. I've never been quiet. I've always been loud and, and just just very outspoken. But when you looked at me, you would assume I was quiet. I was more muted. I didn't, I didn't do anything crazy. My hair was either long or shorter length, just brown. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, when I, when I started really feeling like myself, I went and I got my nose pierced. I went and I got my hair shaved off and I have kind of what you would call, I suppose, a faux hawk, uh, mm-hmm. 
purple and blue in it. And you know what? It makes me feel like it matches my personality. And I have had individuals say, oh, well, you'd look so much better with brown hair. Well, good thing I'm not trying to impress you. Right? It's interesting. Some of the the folks that I've interviewed for the podcast or just people that I've talked to in general, when people Mm -hmm. start talking about being their authentic self, it always, Mm -hmm. in terms of its physical manifestation, is stepping away from the cookie-cutter norm, being something different than that. And with the way in which you talked about your childhood and maybe being kind of muted, what in the hell made you say, I'm going to put my self on display to the world as a Twitch video game streamer. Um, like that's quite a step, right? Like to go from I'm not, I'm gonna be kind of quiet to like here I am in front of the camera. Well, I mean, we talked earlier about how I I would do in home parties uh, for direct sales and. You know, a lot of people talked about liking my personality, and I would apologize and I say, "Okay, guys, listen, I'm I'm loud, I have ADD, and I am unmedicated, so I apologize in advance for that." But you know, it all just came out because you know I'm using the ADD to my advantage because it's me. I'm loud. I, you know, and when I was growing up, I took dance lessons, I did tap and ballet, and and I was in drama, and so I'm like, you know what? I want to be on camera in front of the world, and I love playing video games, so why not be a Twitch streamer? And uh, my one-year Twitch stream anniversary is coming up on December 1st. And, and this is something that you have made yourself a living off of, correct? Yes. Maybe this has nothing to do with what we're talking about <laughs> now, uh, and maybe I end up editing this out or leaving it in. But on a personal note, just yes. asking, because you're probably the only professional gamer that I know. My eldest son, and probably my middle one as well, not so much my middle one, though, but my eldest one, like, he loves video games. He loves mm-hmm. being able to put himself on camera and be creative in that way. What do you say to a parent like me who, you know, like, that's just not a world I grew up in. So it, it it's not that I don't get it see it and understand it. It's just that it doesn't make sense to me because it was never a part of my world. What do you tell me as a parent who is trying to support his his child in something like that, who just doesn't get it? Just have an open mind. Just have an open mind as long as everything is within the terms of service as far as age goes. A child wants to do something like this, like stream on YouTube or stream on Twitch, you can absolutely have an open mind. I would just say extra safety measures because you never know who's out there. Well, well, that was my other part of my question about it going back to you and, and gaming mm-hmm. and kind of encapsulating your journey. People can be really nasty online. And oh, yeah. though you've, you've found your tribe and there's a lot of love and support, how do you deal with folks who come at you online in a way similar maybe that you, you know, used to have when you were younger in elementary or middle school or high school? How do you handle that? If you could see me, I'm sitting here wiggling my eyebrows because I knew exactly where you were going. <laughs> um, <laughs> I laugh at them. I'm, okay, so maybe that didn't come out right. <laughs> um, I was just being honest. I – 
it makes me laugh because these people don't know who I am. They don't know what I've been through. They don't know where I am on my journey. I mean, if someone pops into my chat or if someone sees a video of me online and they're, they're making a comment about my weight, I just chuckle because they don't know the whole story. I've had about three people come into my Twitch stream, and this was at the very beginning when I first started. Somebody said, oh, you, you look like you need to go to the gym, or your weight makes me, makes me sad. And I'm just like, I blow a kiss to the camera, and I say thank you for the view and my mod's fandom. Yep. Nope. I, I have learned that if uh, you give a lot of love and support and appreciation for other folks, when people come at you, you tend to not have to do anything because your support group will take care of it for you, right? Yes. Um, Absolutely. But here's here's a flip question for you, and I'm curious to see if the answer is different. You get haters who come at you about that type of stuff. What about the haters that come at you about your gameplay? Oh, I don't have any. Oh, you're that I good. Know. Okay. I, well, no, I'm that bad, and I admit it because I oh, tell okay. everybody I love playing video games, but that doesn't mean I'm any good at them. Okay. So I my, know if there was a different community. side of Chesney when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, my community, they come watch me because of me. A lot of them don't really care what game I play. And I mostly play paranormal ghost hunting games. And I wear a heart rate monitor. And my chat does everything they can to scare me because they want to see my heart rate jump. Um, right. And it's, it's it's pretty good. But they come for me. They don't come for the gameplay. I'm I'm not... I'm not that level. <laughs> well, that, that's a that's a beautiful segue to my next question, though, which is how has taking on gaming and being on Twitch coming up on your first year anniversary, how has that helped you blossom and reveal more or more of you or discover more of yourself? I think it's community that comes to me. You know, when I first started streaming on Twitch, my husband would watch me play and we would talk in chat because when, when you stream video games, you want to always be talking to your chat or narrating the game that you're playing just to show that, you know, you're talking and you're not just sitting there being quiet. So my husband yeah. and I would talk in the same room over the computer, and then people would come in and watch, and then we would all talk and we would all laugh. So it's really the community that's helped me blossom. And on Twitch, there are tags that you can use to kind of, like, identify what type of channel you are. I want the community to know that I'm a safe space. You know, I use the LGBTQ tag. I I use the body positivity tag. I use the ADHD tag because I want them to know that they can they can hang out and chill in my community. It's a safe space. And if it's if somebody comes in, I've I've had people come in like a hate raid, um, and we just we don't even pay attention to them. My mods ban them. We're all good. Nice. It's the community. Mm-hmm. Has there been has there been anything in the revealing of more of yourself to yourself that has been surprising to you that you were saying like I didn't know that was part of who I was? Oh, I think that was a good question. I got you stumped there. <laughs> and you know I'm never quiet. <laughs> Basically, with gaming on Twitch and everything that I've been going through, you know, one of the things I said when I was in L.A. this past summer was, don't be afraid to be seen. It's never too late to be you. And here I am, 
40 with two different colors of hair, a nose ring, and loud, as loud as can be, I'm not that quiet, reserved type of person. And gaming on Twitch and having a great community has actually helped me kind of accept that, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. Because I always thought, because, you know, I was I was in my 30s playing video games, and people would say, you're too old to play video games, or you shouldn't have your hair those colors because you're getting up there in age. You know what? It doesn't matter. It gave me something that I don't think I've ever thought about before, which um, a good answer will do that. It'll make you think, which is mm-hmm. I feel like, and and I'm wondering if you or any of the listeners have this same epiphany is, the more I step into myself, the more life doesn't seem as short. Yes. Like you mentioned being 40 years old, but it's like I don't mm-hmm. – it's no longer like I'm getting to the the end of it. It's like I'm just now starting to begin to live. Absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. Um, so I want to end this with this, Chesney. For those folks listening who know of your story or maybe have never heard it, and there's someone you can think of any age, uh, any situation – What's something you think they should hear coming from you? It's never too late to be you. Don't hide anymore. If you're hiding, don't hide. Just be yourself. Short, sweet, and simple. I love it. She's just a beautiful person, right? Like, there's no other way to put that. Every time I talk with Chesney, I'm all smiles and laughter. And at the same time, I'm in awe and I think. And this episode gave me a lot to think about. But in particular was the idea of finding your tribe, or your tribe finding you. And it boils down to the advice that Chesney gave. Don't be afraid to be seen, and it's never too late to be you. I actually experienced this entire philosophy just a couple years ago, where it kind of hit home for me. It was when I was working at a boutique treadmill fitness studio in Stride, and people would come in, and you'd have the workouts, and they would vary speeds and inclines, either walking or running on the treadmill, And then you would hop off on my command and do some work with kettlebells or push-ups or planks and things like that. And then hop back on the treadmill. One of the cool things about that job was, as coaches, we also got to play DJ. So we would have to make our own Spotify playlists. And you know, I tried to cater to the customer. But I was basing it off of some sort of stereotype I had. Most of the customers were older Caucasian women. And I was playing around with like pop music and going back to like the 50s and 60s just based off of what I would think a mid 50s to six year old Caucasian woman would like to listen to to work out to and it came across in my coaching how much that just wasn't me and I remember being in a staff meeting with all the coaches and I was talking about how like I don't know it was I guess it was maybe jealousy or just hurt feelings probably better describes it, how these other coaches would have their rooms packed with people on a waiting list to see if someone didn't show up within five minutes of the start of the class to take their spot. And my room would have like two, three people, some days seven. I felt like I wasn't a part of it, like I wasn't being accepted into the family. And one of the coaches in the meeting mentioned, just do you, your tribe will find you. Just keep doing you. And I realized I wasn't doing me. And to Chesney's point, I was afraid to be seen as me, Antonio, Coach Doc, my style, my vibe. And in your mid-30s, that just seems too late to be you, right? But no, I said, okay, 
well, I'm going to start doing me then. And I started throwing in R&B from the 60s, 70s, all the way to present day, threw in some hip hop and rap. And then one day I reached out to our head of fitness at the studio, who you all know, Leanne. And I texted and said, on Sundays, I'm going to keep it more variety with some of the newer pop and radio stuff, but adding in my hip hop and that. But my Tuesday night class, 7 p.m., can I make that a hip hop class with curse words, not these edited versions? like a real hip hop class and nobody responded. And I said to myself, well, you didn't say yes, but you didn't say no. So I turned my Tuesday night class into a hip hop class. You could see it in my demeanor. You could hear it in my voice when I was coaching and my smile, my energy, my light. I wasn't afraid to be seen anymore for who I was and what I was about and my style. And it wasn't too late to be me. And guess what happened? My tribe found me. Those same 50 and 6-year-old Caucasian women, along with various ages of younger folks across a racial demographic, started showing up. The word started to spread. And before you knew it, my class was jam-packed every Tuesday night with loyal customers who would book that class a week, two weeks in advance to make sure their spot was saved. And I tell that story to illustrate how accurate Chesney is. She stopped being afraid, afraid to be seen. She allowed herself to be exactly who she felt she was. Loud, funny, intelligent, loving, caring, endearing. It manifested in her outward appearance. It changed her lifestyle where she started to put in work on self, to be around for her loved ones. I'm sure it changed her relationship with her husband who she shares about how she loves him dearly. And it's changed her world to go from hiding in the shadows, being picked on, to being in front of hundreds of thousands of people in a VR headset, as well as having her own Twitch channel. So take her advice. And my homework for you is take a look at where you're afraid to be seen. Where are you holding back who you are? Is it everywhere? Is it at work? Is it at home? And you don't have to do a full 180 and just flip the switch. Slowly start to implement more and more of who you are until it becomes all-consuming and your very existence is a rebellion. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you and much love always. Be grateful for adversity, for it forces the human spirit to grow. For surely... The human character is formed not in the absence of difficulty, but in our response to difficulty. Thank you for listening to Doc's Daily Dose. I truly appreciate you. The ability to be honest and show strength and vulnerability doesn't happen without you pressing play. If you've got any suggestions, any ideas, or simply want to help make this show bigger and better, at the end of the show notes here, please feel free to donate and support Doc's Daily Dose. If you've got any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast, well, hit me up. A simple email, coachdoc at muchlovealways.com. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter on muchlovealways.com and check out anything else on the website. Again, I'm truly thankful for you. Much love always.